the SEP, the Southeastern Podcast, the Zedia Network's official SEC football podcast. I'm Caroline Fenton, joined by not only my wonderful co-host, Kennedy Landry, but also the homie, the day one, the OG, Reginald Dale Chapman. What's up? Welcome to the pod. Yes, sir. Excited to be here at the SEP. Uh, I've been uh, bothering the both of these these two awesome co-hosts for a chance to be on the pod. They finally listened to me and they waited for a week where there's no football being played. So what's up? Let's talk some football. (laughs) Let's talk talk some football that's not happening. Um, But yeah, Yeah. um, we go back with Reg to the day one in Hodges Hall. If anyone, if any LSU listeners are, are familiar with Hodges, back to our basement days with student media. Go Rev, go Tiger TV, and go Manship. That's all we're here for. Top, top, top school in the country. I've heard uh, disappointing we lost to Missouri because at least we had we, we th- at least we thought we had football and and the journalism school. Now we just have the journalism school. So right, That's fine, I'll take it. We took L. <laughs> if if going to the Manship, well, okay, our friend Reggie football. That's fine. It is what it is. Oh, well, we can tell ourselves anything at this point. It's been uh, it's quite a year. Uh, We're spinning right. it in any way we can to make ourselves feel good. At the end of the day, we have the Manship School, the Hodges Hall, Tiger TV, the Rev. We're good. Some things never change. Oh, our friends at ULL have just canceled their football You're activities. Kidding. Really? Today. Well, if we want to that, hmm, that's something. Breaking news on the pod. Um, Great way to kick things off. Always have those Ross Dellinger occasions on. I mean, Ross Dellinger, love ya, but sometimes my heart drops whenever you tweet because every single time it's just, it's bad news bears. Whenever, whenever you see the tweet that just has a, a photo of like a helmet, that's that's how you know things are going wrong. So I've seen a couple of those from LSU today. The ULL one is coming soon, so. Yeah, it's been a rough week for college football, if we're being honest. It's been... Yeah, it's been very long. It's been a rough week. Um, just found out today that, what, there's one game for sure being played in the SEC, South Carolina Ole Miss. Who wants to watch that? Yes, I think, I believe that is the only one that it will definitely happen. Which we is have cool. three give props to Lane Kiffin because he was the coach that was wearing a thong on his face <laughs> during the game and it didn't look very protective, but he has managed to come out yeah. like the worst week in SEC football so far. He's come out unscathed. So you know what? All aboard the Lane train this week. Dude's a legend. Just 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 whenever you, you want to kick him while he's down, he, he does something like this and just overcomes the odds that every other school couldn't. No COVID cases, baby. They're playing this weekend. Bravo, Ole Miss. And I want to hate him so bad. I really do. I just don't. He's he's putting it work. He is. He puts up offense. He's also driven a lot of uh, teams into the ground. My my beloved Raiders, uh, not great under the lane train, so um, hmm. not great. I'm still picking in this. Las Vegas Raiders. Nope, not Las Vegas. I'm not going to even give them the credit for that. Okay. Oakland. Oakland. Bay Area. So, okay, Reggie. Bay Area. <laughs> so, I believe. So, no, no. So, Reggie has covered. You go. No, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. No, because Reggie covers LSU, you know, for WBRZ TV in Baton Rouge. How have these last couple of days been? You know, starting with the oppressor on Monday when it just kind of came out that, you know, he, he just let it slip casually. Like, yeah, we're having a couple of COVID issues. And, you know, Fast forward about 36 hours and everything's canceled. You know, what, how has that been well, for you guys? It, 
It's been an absolute mess. Um, but it's not something that I, at this point, I guess I should have been surprised about. Obviously, the, the coach oppressor is at 1230 on Mondays. And, you know, I, I was anchoring on Monday this week for the first time in a while. I said, look, I'm going to come in a little early. I'm going to watch the presser at work instead of at home. And then uh, I'll go home real quick and then prepare for the show and come back, right? Well, I got in, and while I'm listening to it on the radio as I'm pulling in, I hear that COVID-19 has struck the team and shut everything down. So I walk into the office. It's panic mode in the newsroom. We got to send out pushes, and the web's got to be updated. And all of a sudden, instead of just being in the 6 o'clock and the 10 o'clock show, I'm at the 4th and the 5 and the top of the 6, and then in sports, and then the 6.30, and then also the 10 o'clock show. So, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely blew things up for me. Um, it, is, uh, it is a wild scene, and it, it's crazy, too, because, I mean, that, that obviously had the, the headlines, but, I mean, there was like three or four different things in that press conference that, that could have been uh, front-page news if – if it wasn't for the fact that the team had COVID-19. I mean, between Miles Brennan not playing and almost probably being shut down for the year and the whole Coy Moore situation, I mean, it's, it's been a mess. But, um, I mean, we're pushing through. <laughs> pushing through and just trying to stay updated with everything going on and, you know, trying to adjust the schedule like we have been doing the entire year. Yeah, so LSU was only the start of a very long week. It's only Tuesday when we're recording this, but a long week in college football. Um, so I think we mentioned earlier, three games canceled. Totally. Two or three in doubt in South Carolina Ole Miss. And that's it. Are you working this weekend? Are we, are we all working this? Like, can we work? I mean, we'll see. Because uh, the plan, the backup plan for me was to try and go to – the, the ULL game this weekend, you know, the top-ranked team in the state of Louisiana, and they're, they're, they're saying they're the best school in, 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 in the state. I, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that would be the case, but it um, looks like they're having some issues too, so I'm not sure what's going to happen, honestly. Um, and, and just like every single day and every single week, it seems like in this pandemic, things change drastically and quickly. And, and if you're not kind of up on what's going on, then you're going to get behind very quickly. So it's it's really been a lot of just watching Twitter and making sure that I've got all the information I need heading into this weekend. Because you know, if there's that, if if that's the only game, then it's really going to be rough. So we will see how that's going to go. So. Is LSU relieved to not have to play this game? See, um, <laughs> good question. I personally think that uh, I, I sent out a poll on, on Twitter. I like to do like, get my engagement up. I, asked, I said, hey, send me your, your best GIF. Is it GIF or GIF? GIF, GIF. okay, yeah. I thought so. Best, I don't know. I, okay, I feel very strongly about this. I know some people is it GIF or GIF? the other way. This is GIF. way more important than what we're talking about. GIF is peanut butter. It's GIF. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, okay, I won't mess that up again. Well, I've got plenty of gifts back <laughs> about uh, the feeling of LSU fans about having a game this weekend. And overwhelmingly, most of them were just feelings of relief. I mean, you had memes of Michael Scott banging the table yelling, thank you. And, I mean, you had people dancing and yelling. It, it, it seems like Tiger fans were excited to have this game canceled. And if I'm being honest, I don't blame them. Naturally, because I do work for a TV station in town, I cannot show my LSU bias as you guys get to. So I'm excited to hear your point of view on all of this. LSU bias. But I, I will say this. Um, it would have been really rough for this, uh, this LSU Tiger team to go out to, to – to, to play Alabama this weekend, regardless if they had their entire team or not. I mean, just that, that Auburn game was uh, rough. And you'd send out another – you send out T.J. Finley again as a true freshman. And, I mean, it seems like this team is kind of on, kind of on the down slope. Morale is low. And, I mean, there was such a good feeling just a couple of weeks ago when they beat South Carolina. And everybody thought, we're on the top of the world. It seems like if they played Alabama this week, it would be the first time in quite a while where – you really thought there's no chance that LSU was going to win this game. So Tiger fans probably excited. And I will say this, this is one thing I was thinking. The scheduling issue is a problem because 
Of course, Florida had LSU. Florida has taken up that that one week before the SEC championship game as like a game that they could have moved the spot. So there's a chance that LSU could not play Alabama. And I brought up this point, and this is me personally. If I was LSU fans, and this is what I've kind of gathered, it seems like they'd be more excited to lose to Florida by 40 than Alabama by 70. You see, so, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think my thing is like, I feel like a, a, the tiniest glimmer of hope that LSU could maybe possibly pull out a win against Florida, like the tiniest little bit. When it comes to Alabama, I have no hope whatsoever at all. So I kind of want to play Alabama because yes. I have no hopes. I know that we are just going to get pummeled into the ground and curb stomped for 60 minutes. And I can emotionally prepare myself for that. I'll be okay. The ego will be bruised. All of the people who I talked a lot of stuff to last season, all the Alabama fans will probably come back and give it to me this year. I'm fully prepared for that. I can do it. I can dish it out. Can't take it too well, but that's okay. But I would much rather play Alabama, get our – our butts handed to us but like be prepared for it i respect it trying to save yourself from pain is what it's i i know i feel the first if you know you're gonna lose the first step to recovery is acceptance and i'm really not quite there yet (laughs) (laughs) but um, also if lsu fans are gonna need therapy after this season 100 but also not only does this play such a huge role in scheduling, also this was going to be a huge game for Mac Jones's Heisman campaign. We know I'm on the Kyle Pitts for Heisman train, 100%. Um, you know, I want a tight end to win the Heisman. Um, I'm also on the Kyle Trask for Heisman train, who he really padded his stats this week against Georgia, a top-ranked Georgia defense. And I think Kyle Trask, I mean, not Kyle Trask, uh, Mac Jones, he's right at the forefront of that. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence really leads all Heisman polls. I don't know what him being out for two weeks is going to do for that with another COVID issue. Um, but Trask also was out because the entire Florida team had COVID. And now Mac Jones is going to be missing one, maybe two games, depending on who Alabama plays the following week because of COVID. With all of these SEC teams having COVID issues, I think we all have to remember that when you have COVID, it's only a 10-day isolation period. If you're contact traced, that's 14. And that can possibly screw up two, two games for you. So multiple of these Heisman candidates are going to be without multiple games going forward. And I think BYU, Zach Wilson, and Ohio State's Justin Fields are the only ones who haven't had games canceled yet. Okay, you know, I think that uh, you have to think about that. I mean, Justin Fields, the way he's been playing this year, and at the end of the day, it's kind of even the playing field for Justin Fields at this point, just considering the fact that, you know, Big Ten, of course, started their season late. So they're going to be playing less games. If you have to compare him to uh, a, a, a Florida team that has a similar amount of games with, with, with Kyle Trask or Mac Jones, I mean, uh, it, it makes it a little bit more easy to see who is really as dominant as they are. I think that loss to Texas A&M didn't really help Kyle Trask as much, but he played well. Mac Jones, meanwhile, I do, I do have a bone to pick, though, because it seems like people are starting to really create this narrative that Mac Jones, who personally, I didn't think he'd be any good. I, I saw him the last couple of years. I thought he'd be okay. The kid's special. But there's a lot of conversation that he's having a season similar to Joe Burrow. If you look at some of the statistics, blasey, 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 blah. First off, no, no, that's wrong. And let me tell you why. You look at the statistics, the yards are similar and the interceptions are similar. Joe Burrow had eight more passing touchdowns at this point through this many games last season and two more rushing than, Kyle, than, uh, than Mac Jones has right now. And to me, that makes a huge difference. That's a massive jump in touchdown throws yeah. and runs. So I don't like this, this conversation. They're trying to push the narrative that Mac Jones is the guy. And I mean, the, kid's, the kid is good. He's been playing really well, but let's not put him on the same pedestal as Joe Burrow. It's, he hasn't been that good. And also, I think so much of the Heisman is like all is the hype. It's 
we talked about this last week. It's so much of a recency bias and so much of what, like, the hype and the talk that's going on in the media. So much of Joe Burrow, the talk behind Joe Burrow last year, wasn't just him being an absolute baller and running up all, like, this touchdown this touchdown count. Um, but it's just, like, his swagger. He's just, like, the coolest guy. He's got He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's willing to get down and dirty and get gritty. And that was what was so cool about Joe Burrow. Was he was just, like, such an LSU quarterback. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't classy. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't clean. But he was just good. But Mac Jones is very much so an Alabama quarterback. He is refined. He is clean. You can, whenever he doesn't throw for a touchdown he's pissed you can tell like you can you can tell that Nick Saban's voice is like in his head because he's so angry about it they're just two different types of people so it's it's tough to compare someone to Joe Burrow whenever they are so refined and clean I think it takes honestly a very special quarterback to be compared to Joe Burrow so Kennedy there was a why? Oh gosh! Swatting at a fly. I don't know if y'all can see that, but uh, <laughs> for people listening audibly, um, but I had this. I mean, you mentioned it is he was an LSU quarterback, and I think what also made it better is the fact that he was an LSU quarterback. Year after year after year after year, there's so much conversation as to why LSU just couldn't find a quarterback that play could play the position even just okay. I mean, just average quarterbacks for years and years and years and years. And uh, I think the fact that Joe Burrow was able to do it at LSU really brought it to the next level, which really kind of helped that media aspect as well that you mentioned. As yeah. Kennedy now returns to the to the podcast after killing an animal or a bug, it seems. I killed a very large fly. Um, but I do agree with everything that Reggie just said, I heard. Um, it was, no, it was, it was like that big. big it was yeah. huge. It was huge. Look, I know this is an audio medium, but it was large. <laughs> but yes, I think everything Reggie said, Joe Burrow is on another plane from college football. Joe Burrow, he's a college football legend, I think. Oh. Um, and that's not even my bias talking. I think the numbers speak for themselves, especially when you, you look at the things that he did and historically as an LSU quarterback. I mean, we've all lived through some very tough times at, at this position. In Baton Rouge, like he's I mean, a good quarterback. Okay. My freshman year was Brandon Harris. Danny Atling was a good quarterback. Well. <laughs> Joe Burrow, come on. Good quarterback. And Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, great quarterback. <laughs> Danny Atling, good. Oh, Brandon Harris. Brandon Harris. Brandon Harris. That was a baby. A couple years. <laughs> Closure City's finest. Look. <laughs> well, look. No shade to both. I mean, we can't. Uh, lots of shade. Lots of shade. <laughs> we love that. Look, as a South Louisiana person from New Orleans, we don't claim the North. North South Alabama. South Arkansas? South Arkansas, exactly. South Arkansas. Like, y'all can keep it. Arkansas. Look, honestly, the Louisiana Purchase, probably a mistake. Should have just gotten New Orleans Batteries area. Just 504-225. North Louisiana can just go to Mexico. <laughs> We're good. We're good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, totally, totally. I stand by that. <laughs> How about Jared Guarantano? I believe you guys are big Jared Guarantano fans. Look, for high oh, look, Reggie. Look, there is not very many people that make me like when I see them, I seethe. Like literally, like I feel anger like in my soul when I see Jared Guarantano warming up on the sidelines. Like my whole body like breaks out in like a sweat because I'm just so angry and his face makes me angry his his playing makes me angry the fact that he does all of the celebrating whenever he makes a five-yard pass like look brother congratulations on a first down I know, <laughs> you, don't, I know you don't get a lot of those around here but it, like I don't know I don't know what kind of blackmail 
he has on Jeremy Pruitt and how he somehow keeps his starting job week in and week out. But he's so bad. Your team wears orange, not the other colors. You don't throw to those other colors. That's a concept I, he has yet to grasp. <laughs> I hate the man. I mean, can't, we can't argue. <laughs> but Caroline's beloved Tennessee Wolves did lose to Arkansas this week. Um, who is? But it was Felipe Frank, a much more beloved quarterback for Caroline. I love Felipe Franks. And yeah, in Felipe Franks, we know I'm. I'm not a fan of Felipe Franks. Caroline is very much a fan of Felipe Franks. Caroline likes Felipe Franks as much as I like Kyle Pitts. I think that's where we are right Where now. did your Kyle Pitts love come from? I feel like that's, I mean, he's a tight end. How, he's I really good. A, no, I <laughs> not love Kyle Pitts? And a tight end. Just like, I, give me tight ends more involved. I mean, I do love Kyle Pitts. I, I just I just feel like Kyle Pitts is a, 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 seems like a random person to kind of and the kid's good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't it's get me wrong. Great. But, I mean, I've never stand a tight end before. No. Um, well, allow me to be the first to let you know that people do stand tight ends. Uh, I just love a tight end. I also love Kyle Pitts' energy with his number. Like, he's number 84 as a tight end. Like, <laughs> I love that. You don't see I love well. weird college football numbers. Like, give me, like, anybody. Yeah, give me anybody wearing, like, any number. Like, I just want all the, like, so weird a lot of, things going on. A lot of Especially bad numbers. Let's, let's do a quick – this is obviously on my podcast, but uh, I'd like to do a quick ranking of the worst numbers in college football to wear in, on, on a football field. If I'm being honest, I feel like 19 is a bad number to wear. 19. I agree. Right. I like an even number. I think it's it's just not. Give me, give me a sixteen or not, eighteen. Peyton Manning energy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I love a a quarterback. Yeah, I have a big like, team number. Also, one of my other personal favorites is like a massive offensive lineman number sixty nine. I just I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, a big. Defensive lineman wearing number seven or number five fan as well. No, no numbers for defensive linemen that are good. Big fan of those. Derek Brown last year. Single digit line is energy. Also, I'm not a huge fan. I know, I'm big. Not a huge fan of 99. Well, double zero. Bro. Big Ooh. fan of zero. This is Look. where Ken and I disagree. I'm a huge fan of number zero. I think you got to have – you have to be so I, flat to wear number zero. You do. I hate – I hate zero and double zero. Like, they're not numbers. Like, but they are numbers. No. You know, when you're in, like, pre-algebra and you're learning all those, like, these are your counting numbers, these are the fractions, like – you start with one. You don't start with zero when you count. When you learn to count, you didn't start with zero. That's not how this works. Zero doesn't exist. But it has to. But there has to be zero for there to be one. Z- it, zero. What is about so what about negative? Are there are, did, are negative numbers not existent as well? Because there has to be a midway point between one and negative. But you can't. You can't wear a negative thirty-two. Why not? You can't what? You uh, the NCAA said it. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I feel like you should be able to use a, use a zero. I feel like no, I no, I disagree. I mean, like I, I like to. I think. feel like the kid in like you go. I, I just like to think. I'm ranting. That Justin Jefferson would have worn number zero, <laughs> and it would have been incredible. Can you imagine, sweet angel Jets? putting up four touchdowns in the just, college football playoff, wearing number zero. I don't, th- I don't think I could have done that, even for him. Love you, Jets, if you're listening. No. I have I mean, a hard time believing that. If Jay Jettas decide to run out there and catch his second touchdown of the day against Old Miss, hit the gritty in the number zero, you wouldn't be excited? No. I'd be excited, but not because he's wearing zero. No. Absolutely. 
I feel like, like when you're in youth sports, the kid who wants to wear a zero is always the kid who thinks he's so much better than he is. And he's like, yeah, I want to wear a zero. And I'm like, he misses like four layups and two free throws in six minutes. Yeah, this seems like something really personal and specific to you. Yeah, this is like something that uh, you, you had in the past, yeah. I, no, uh, you know, what's the Nini League skip? Like, I said what I said. <laughs> I, I feel like number zero would be, like, exclusively reserved for, like, wide receivers and corners. But I think the one player that could pull off number zero that's not a wide receiver or a corner, no doubt Alvin Kamara would rock number zero. See, I feel like with Alvin Kamara, I think it's just the fact that he can make any number look cool because who in the world was wearing his number before he got to the NFL? His number was terrible. But now he rocks it. You're like, wow, okay, Alvin Kamara's pretty cool. So I feel like who, who – 41 is That's a pretty terrible bad number. number. Until he wore it. 41? He made it cool. God, how did he make that cool? How? He's incredible. He made it cool. Honestly, Alvin Kamara could literally do anything. Or Tennessee alum. A Tennessee alum. Was at Bama. But then, and then he, he ended up at Tennessee. So, you know, we love, we love a Vol alum. Um, but you know what? Jeremy Pruitt probably wouldn't put him in. And that's, I'm done with Jeremy Um, but speaking of Tennessee, they are also not playing this weekend. They were scheduled to play A&M, but they're not having COVID issues. So that game is also canceled. Um, no Heisman issues there. I don't think Kellen Mond is as wonderful as he is and as, much as he's been, how well he's been playing the past few weeks. Don't think he's in the Heisman conversation there, but just not, another not a chance. Just add another COVID complication on top of everything else that's going on with that game. Yeah, Kellen Mond did just break the school record for passing touchdowns and ran for another this weekend. So. Like you said, not a Heisman candidate, but he is, you know, lighting the SEC on fire a little bit. See, I just we, – we make jokes. We make so many jokes about Kellen Mond. And whenever he does anything poorly, we just yell, elite, because the kid's not elite. He's kind of like – if I could make it we, – we watched Monday Night Football earlier this week. You, if I, I'm going to compare Kellen Mond to elite quarterback – of the Jets that came in this weekend, this week. Joe Flacco, Flacco, okay? Kid's not that good. Big Flacco came in there and, you know, for as good as he looked on that one touchdown throw that put him past Dan Marino and passing yards or touching touchdowns in the career, he went out there and threw a terrible interception and lost the game for the Jets, which either was a genius move by the Jets because they're – they're excited because they get to tank for Trevor Lawrence, or we're, we're missing the point here. Regardless, Kevin <laughs> Mond, not elite, not elite, neither is Joe Flacco. Jets are getting the first pick. They're getting rid of Sam Darnold. These are all points. But I just, Look, I do have to say, I Texas think. Texas A&M might not lose enough games. I, true. But I do have to say, I think going back to Monday Night Football, Monday Night was the happiest Jets fans have been in a very long time, and they lost. If that's just anything about the core Jets fans out there, our friend Jace Mallory, we're thinking about you, bud. If you're listening to the pod, we're thinking about you. Yep. <laughs> Lifelong Jets fan. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. That's, that's gross. Being a Jets fan, terrible. <laughs> that just sounds bad. Jace. You got to be excited for a couple of minutes because they're winning, and then they lost. You're like, oh, I guess we get we can still get Trevor Lawrence. So it was a win-win last night for them. Yeah. yeah, New York, New York teams both getting a quarterback. This no draft. way. They have to. Do you, do you I, don't think the Giants have to get a quarterback? No. Pause. I'm not. I don't think they're gonna stick with Daniel Jones. I don't think they're gonna get rid of Daniel Jones. You think they hate winning? Plus, here's I, the other thing. I don't. I just think that they have bigger issues. Like, I feel like Daniel Jones shows promise. Sam Darnold's not that good, so you can get rid of him. And plus, Jacksonville's probably getting that second pick. So it's either you pick maybe good Trey Lance, who I think will be good, but maybe good Trey Lance or 
or Danny Dimes, who already has a nickname in the NFL. So which one are you going with? Because Jacksonville's getting that second pick. Easy money. They're terrible. I mean, unless Trevor Lawrence picks. I know. I just can't get on the Unless Trevor Lawrence pulls in Eli Manning, he's going to New York. <laughs> and if he did decide to pull in Eli Manning, all respect to you. You want to win games. Win I get it. I mean, uh, props to him, but how are we gonna? Well, while while we're talking about quarterbacks, Stetson Bennett the fourth, also fourth, not good. Our our frat president, no. you mean the mailman? Yeah, Sigma Apple Pie president Stetson Bennett the fourth, <laughs> part owner of the Sperry Company. Um. Yeah, didn't look great at the cocktail party. <laughs> no, no. Um, this is why I picked Florida in the East to start the season. Because did, their Ken, quarterback's name is Stetson Florida to pick the fourth. The to win the East. <laughs> See, but how oh, long would it have been if he had overcome the odds of his name being Stetson Bennett? Man. The full- that would have been cool. The fourth, excuse me. How cool would that have been if he came out there and was lighting it up? But unfortunately, man, I feel for Kirby Smart, man, because, I mean, the poor guy's got the best defense he's had in a long time. But at the end of the day, if you can't, you, you got to still win and put up points. That, that that old style of being really good at defense and just being average on offense is not going to work anymore. And they, they That's a, a tale we know very well. Not great. He's not good either. He's hurt. Kirby, Kirby Smart is late era Les Miles right now. That's good. <laughs> I mean, Kirby Smart is just like, more Elite back. defenses, no quarterback. <laughs> 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 Drive that point across, please. He's who? He's Mark Richt with bangs. Like, he... Georgia got rid of Mark Richt and were super was super excited about this hometown hero hire, but uh, it's the same shit, different day. It's <laughs> you can't get a good quarterback, but like Georgia every year is ranked in the top ten at some point, wins a couple big games. Like everyone's like super stoked about what Georgia can do, but they can never finish, and it's because they're always missing someone at quarterback. Like Jake Jake from State Farm. They thought he was just going to be, you know, the next coming. And then came up short. Hey, uh, they had a quarterback. His name was Justin Fields. And um, now he might win the Not for Georgia. Conversation about Justin Fields not being the one that uh, Kirby started decided to choose. I love this conversation because, wow, can you imagine the difference? Or do you think they would have ruined him? Because there's a chance that, that too. I think... I think Kirby Smart not picking Justin Fields had a domino effect similar to the fact that the 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 old miss player peeing, you know, that had a domino effect on like great all the programs. Right. Great egg bowl. But I personally, I've gone on this rant before that if Kirby Smart picks Justin Fields over Jake Fromm, if he benches Jake Fromm in 2018 at LSU, Jake Fromm goes to the bench, Justin Fields probably wins the game at LSU. They probably win the SEC championship that year instead of losing to Jalen Hurts as the backup, possibly in the national championship game against Clemson. Then, fast forward 2019, they probably still don't beat LSU because that was a generational kind of team, but they don't get curb stomped in the, in the SEC championship game. I think if Justin Fields is there instead of Jake Fromm, I think that was a program-defining move on Kirby Smart's part, and he failed. I think choosing Jake Fromm sealed his fate at Georgia. He sealed his fate. He was okay with being an average team for the next few seasons. See, but this is where I think things get interesting. We can bring it back to the LSU angle of it all. Right now, okay, of course, you've got Miles Brennan, who's big hurt, and you got TJ Finley, who looks like he has a very high ceiling, and Max Johnson, who, for all intents and purposes, looked pretty good, 
I don't really know, but he looked pretty good. He's left-handed. He could throw it. He run a little bit. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, we're in a weird position at LSU where for the first time in a very long time, you're thinking, you know, there's a chance that one of these guys could be really good. And one of them will transfer, so you want to make sure you pick the correct guy. And I, I mean, I think currently uh, Tita Finley looks like the, the not the best of the three. I think Miles Brennan – people need to put some respect to Miles Brennan's name. But I think of the two – Freshman, he definitely does look a little bit better than Max Johnson. Big boys can throw the football, makes good decisions. Seems like he's a he's he's a lot better than I thought he'd be. A lot better. I mean, he's really good. I covered him in high school, and I mean, they mentioned how much weight he lost and how much he can move with his feet. I mean, he he looks way better now than he did in, in high school. That's and that's and something. So. Um, I think it is an interesting move because I think that uh, Ed Ogeron's going to have to make a decision similar to that where. I don't think that either of those guys are Justin Fields level, but there is a chance that one or two of them could eventually make it to the NFL and you want to make sure you pick the right guy. And it's, you know, do you stay with Miles Brennan now going forward? I think you do, but I mean, you can get another, if you get Miles Brennan shut down for this year and, and, and these guys come back in two years and get their chance to really play, then I think that that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great point. No, definitely. I think, I mean, and yes, please respect Miles Brennan. Like, I had many people in my mentions early in the season acting like Miles was the issue with the team. Um, the quarterback position is far and away LSU's biggest issue right now. COVID is currently the biggest issue, but other than that. But- well, Bobolini is the biggest issue, for being being honest. And, I, and I've, I've heard you guys make this argument before that y'all can do this job for significantly less money. And I don't blame you because he's making way too much money. They need to get rid of him as the day after the season ends. He is terrible. Running the 2010 level of defense against the spread offense has not worked once this year. I don't care what you saw against South Carolina. I mean, it wasn't that good. They still couldn't stop him. And it was South Carolina. And, like, I, I'm not going to say it was South Carolina. I'm not going to sit here and say that we had the best defense in college football last year when we won the national championship. We didn't. It wasn't Dave Aranda's best year. We were missing our best corner for a couple games. Grant Delpit was out with an ankle injury. So our, our defense wasn't what it usually is last year, but we had such great offense that it made up for it. And the defense was still elite. This year, I really don't think that our offense is that far off what we had last year. Like, Miles Brennan was producing similar numbers to Joe Burrow. Um, obviously not national championship caliber, but still that wasn't a, a significant drop off, but the significant drop off is in the defense. When LSU is one of the top teams in the country in, in yards given up, like th- that's not the kind of football team that LSU is. And Bob Pliny is making the same mistakes that Kirby Smart is making, making the same mistakes that Les Miles is making made was just, they, they're trying to run these vintage offenses and defenses and it's just not it's not working you have to develop with the game it changes every single year you look at at the air raid offense against mississippi state they just absolutely rolled lsu's defense because he wasn't willing to adapt and change into something in 2020 yeah um bo polini is obviously still living in like you said 2010 he's running a 2010 big 10 offense not even like sec they're getting torched every game after game and it's really like quite embarrassing man i'll never forget watching mississippi state come here and throw for 600 plus yards and then throw for only 600 yards over the course of the next four games unbelievable that was back when I had hope. <laughs> I don't even have hope. <laughs> I got nothing. We thought Mississippi State was going to be good. <sighs> I couldn't even get that. I couldn't even get the satisfaction. <laughs> couldn't even get the satisfaction of Mike Leach being good in the SEC. Because if we got that, I think that would have been at least been a good – because uh, because seeing him do things is just kind of funny. His existence is funny. His, his his press conferences are good. If he had at least been good, I would have been like, okay, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's cool. But God, they look terrible. And man, they looked like the best team in the country week one. I thought they yeah. were. They were ranked. Remember when we- I, I mean, week two? They were ranked. 
<laughs> uh, one team in the state of Louisiana is ranked. And that's the University of Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Two L's. Here we go. So I know, I, I, I'm not sure if this was mentioned, and this is just something that I've been thinking about, and, and something that Coach O has obviously got a lot of slack for, but I just wanted to bring it up. I just, I, it, it was funny how many times that Coach O and Jabril Cox and, I mean, a lot of these defensive guys are like, yeah, our defense right now, this is preseason, is better than we are right now at any point that we were at last season, which is a wild statement to make. And I was like, okay, well, maybe. And I remember making jokes like, I wonder if, like, before the game I was thinking, like, yo, like, what if I took that audio and then, like, ha, we'll just dice up some clips of – of them throwing touchdowns or whatever, right? Ha, that would be funny, and then we'll win, right? God, that would have been – I would have I would have probably gotten fired if I put together that video because, man, it would have probably been about six minutes of just touchdown throws, and I I don't want that. So, yeah, no. what a what a wild decision between – for them to say all of that. I think it was a shot at Dave Aranda who – by the way, not a great head coach so far at Baylor, but that's a different story for him. I believe in him. It is Baylor. Give him a, give him a year or two. Yeah. Matt Rule did it. I believe Dave Aranda. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just one of those, like, it's. I wouldn't want to coach Penn State after a Penn State scandal. Like, Mm. you just got to – you got to get in, get your people. I'm giving him, like, a couple of courtesy years. Also, Penn State, not a good football team. Big Ten kind of falling apart. Not great. It's, let's, can, can, uh, this is this is different. I just want to talk about Michigan a little bit. I know this is a Southeast fight. We, we're off the rails a little bit here. Wow, John Harbaugh's not a good coach, apparently. That's, Why is he still there? That guy Jim. has no idea what he's doing. They're paying him a lot of money to, to to not play well. And Jimbo Fisher, until that went over Florida, they were doing the exact same thing. He they 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 they're just bringing them back to the SEC. God, he, they, these guys win a couple of games that look good, and then they pay them a lot of money, and then they just, they're just they just not good. Tom Herman's another one. I would bone to pick with Tom Herman, too. Thank the Lord LSU didn't hire that guy. Dodge Texas hasn't ball. been back ever. <laughs> We're back. But it's amazing to me. Uh, like, there are so many teams in college football that are so consistently good every year. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Like, you just know what to expect from them. With Michigan and Texas, like, you just expect them to be average. And they, they deliver every year. They're just beautifully average. They'll go to a bowl game. They may win it. They may not. <laughs> they're going to lose all the big games. There's going to be a lot of hype for Michigan, Ohio State, but they're going to get absolutely blown out. It's just every single year. I feel, I feel for Michigan fans because it's got to be so frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. Like you said, those couple of programs, like, when's the last Texas and Oklahoma? Texas will win a couple, you know, every couple of years, and then they'll get blown out in the next. Oklahoma also, not great this year. Not great, Bob. No, not great. Not great. Big 12, dumpster fire. SEC might be kind of falling apart right now. Big 12 is an actual dumpster fire. Is it really falling apart? Because, I mean, look, if you look at it, you got Alabama, who is far and away the best team in the country. And then, and, I mean, Florida looks pretty good. I hate saying it, but Texas A&M, the top 10 team. So, that's, that's weird. I hate it. I and, I mean, of course, you still have Georgia, who is really – it's disappointing how bad they should be better. I mean, poor Stetson Bennett. I mean, it's just – like, I'm, I just keep thinking back to Kirby Smart, man. He had the opportunity this year. He said, I, I was hearing so much about this year was going to be the year for this team. And, and just they just couldn't get the quarterback situation. Jamie Newman said, I'm out of here. He came in, saw the, the weapons that he had on offense, decided to transfer him to Wake Forest, and he was like, mm, I'm good. Never mind. I'm going to the NFL. So, and I, I'm, I'm good. I respect God, it. They, they got two guys to transfer there. Two. And neither's playing. And they have to rely on a guy named Stedson Bennett IV, who go, went by the mailman coming up to get himself a scholarship somewhere. Unbelievable. Which is such, I just, I don't understand that <laughs> nickname. <laughs> well, 
See, because what happened was he used to go around at these football camps and wear like a like a like a USPS hat to get himself noticed, and so that's why he's now named the mailman. He used to wear these hats to every single one of these workouts and these college showcases and stuff like that. And they're like, "Oh, it's the kid with the mailman hat, right?" I mean, he was. I mean, he was fine. I mean, he's a D one quarterback, but and he used to wear the hat, so that's where he got the nickname. That's how he got the nickname. Why did I not know this? I always just thought it was. I know. I'm, like, I just oh, always I'm like. I didn't realize it was literally like a very literal translation no, to why he's called. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! Stetson Bennett the fourth. Thank you for everything you've done. I'm so like I'm very shook right now. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously an audio podcast, but y'all could see the face that Ken made when I when I explained that story. It was really good. Shock and awe. Just so I just have no words. <laughs> like. Hey, I, I, I respect it. I do. <laughs> oh no. Okay. All right, y'all. I might have to cut it short because it is bachelor o'clock. Mm. It is. is yes. Pro bachelor. Uh, I bachelor think that's a great one to end on. Yeah. Can we close really quickly with the bachelor? I, 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 I personally have watched here and there. Couple of, is this a season I should be watching? Can you guys give me like, like is should I hey, find out like you guys are? Like, what should I do? Is this a season to watch? And should should we start a bachelor podcast? A bachelor podcast. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All the season right now. Network. We got to get this rolling. Yeah, this season, Andrew. I know you're gonna listen to this. Our producer. Yeah, Andrew, make sure um, that you know that this is also a Bachelor podcast. We can put that in the description in an Apple um, Apple podcast, whatever it's called. Um, this season in classic 2020 fashion is buku crazy. It's there was one. It's off the rails. It's off the rails. Claire is off her rocker. She came in. So she's crazy? She, yes. And also the situation is crazy. And I don't know what I don't know if she made the situation crazy, probably. She's a little eerier. Um I know that this isn't also an audio medium, but I just did a little um mind motion. I don't know. Um but she came in, she fell in love on the first night. See, she said that she found her husband on the first night. She went on, what, two other dates with other guys? As well and as. called the whole thing off and said, I'm getting, yeah, I'm, yes. I'm everyone home. And now she's engaged. I, I also want to point out that right? three episodes equate. We do stand taste. I stand taste. I, I don't know about that. you. So how do they have the rest of the show? Well, they just brought in a new bachelorette for the same group of. Oh, so they just they just kicked this girl off the show. She's done. She's done. She's in, she's engaged. Oh, no, she left. Oh, she's out. She they, they just she found she, person just dipped. Yeah. Is yes. that allowed? It, I guess no. so. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> like. God. All right. I'm in. <laughs> I want to point out that three episodes equates to 12 real life days. Like, they've known each other for 12 days. Yes, yeah, this, this chick was off the She rock. was ready to do it before three episodes. I think that if Dale got down on one knee after episode one, she'd be like, yep, we're out of here. I don't like that at all, but I'm, I'm actually, so, so this new girl is good. If, good. You, if you could sell me this, this new girl, this new situation in 90 seconds, what would you say? Oh. Elevator pitch right now. Ken, that's me. Okay. Uh, Taisha, she didn't get her, she didn't get a fantasy suite in Colton season because he was also off his rocker. Yeah. But she, uh, she's black, which is plus yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, see, Reggie gets it. Yeah. She's just, she's a great black girl. She's from California. Yeah. Uh, really great. Yeah, this is, we're hitting on all of Reggie's points here. Uh, I think she's amazing. She had like a real job 
point on the show. And I think that's really a plus for me. Like you're not an Instagram model or whatever. Like she had a real life job. Like she went to like real life college. Like she's like a real person who just happened to go on a reality show. She was divorced and now she's trying to find love again. So I am a big Tasha fan. All right, Tasha, I'm in. I'm locking in. She's a queen. And I, I do have to point out that like, Game. I always make fun of the girls on The Bachelor whose jobs are like content creator. And then I kind of like took a step back and I was like, no, that's what I do for a living. I am a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's no, not a real job. <laughs> that's literally my job title. <laughs> no. uh, so... No, so respect for the content creators out there, whether it's it's for a company or whether it's for your own Instagram, you know what, content is content and I respect the hustle. One hundred percent. So good. Thank but you all for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Happy bacheloretting, Reg. I'm so happy that we could get you into this season. So happy to see your face and to have you on, on the pod. Glad to be here, and I will continue to be a listener going forward. And uh, have me on again. We can, we 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 can obviously talk football, but if 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 I'm committing to this bachelor life, I I just know that I'm I'm going to be coming on with questions. So I'm ready to do it. We got you, 100. percent um, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Pod Southeastern. My Twitter is at Caroline Fenton One. Minus Ken Landry, two N's. My, mine's a little bit more simple without numbers and multiple letters. It's just Reggie Chapman, R-E-G-G-I-E-C-H-A-T-M-A-N. That's on Twitter and on Instagram. So and make sure check him out on in. WBRZ, your home for LSU sports. Former intern at WBRZ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Reg. We Who's love you. We appreciate you. And happy footballing. Happy football. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.